I'm Dr. Christina Leagotti, and I lead a lot of MITRE's collaborations in AI security. And today we'll be talking about AI threats and vulnerabilities, as well as our growing MITRE Atlas collaboration as we work together to improve the AI security of our community. I'll hand it over to Jonathan now to introduce himself and get us started. Hi, uh, yeah, that's why I work closely with uh, Christina at, at MITRE in our AI and Autonomy Innovation Center, where uh, I work as a machine learning and security researcher. We're excited to talk to all of you today about some of the, the work that we've done and, and, and also done in collaboration with a number of others on AI threats and vulnerabilities. But to really start, I think it would be helpful to kind of um, set like a baseline about what, what we're talking about. And I think particularly for AI and machine learning, it's helpful to take a step back. And, and really, it goes all the way back to, to the 1950s, in particular 1956 with the Dartmouth Conference. I guess infamously, some of these famous academics said that they would have this AI problem solved in a summer if they had the right right people together. And uh, you know, we're, we're many many summers later, and obviously that was not the case. And instead, really, what happened was this this kind of sequence of of booms and busts in these these AI winters. You know, some of these AI technologies kind of overpromised and underdelivered, but really along that way, they were building kind of the core foundation, mathematical foundation of the kinds of techniques that, that would be used uh, and that we, we use today uh, and, and building that along the way. And really in, in 2010, 2012 timeframe, there was this, this real inflection point with this math being brought together with, you know, this now kind of cheap, uh, accessible, highly parallelized compute, uh, you know, typified by an NVIDIA GPU. And with the, the, the rise of the internet and the interconnection of all these different systems and digitization of all this data, this, these massive data sets that we were then able to apply to these uh, mathematical techniques on the right kind of compute, um, leading to this real Cambrian explosion of, of different kind of AI applications against real and meaningful problem and, and the associated you know, ecosystem that, is, that has grown out of this. Um, across not just the traditional tech giants, but even, you know, uh, companies, organizations, um, you know, entities that we wouldn't traditionally consider to be technology or AI companies, but are finding these techniques to be extremely valuable in driving revenue, safety, whatever their kind of core function is. And we see that across uh, industries. And I think, you know, cyber in particular has, has benefited from this. I mean, you can't hardly find a product today if you go out and look for it that, that doesn't use some kind of AI and, and machine learning. But, you know, you this massive amounts of, of data coming in and really, you know, what you're trying to determine is what are the meaningful kind of, uh, you know, data points I need to look at? What are the relationships? What kind of activity patterns indicate kind of these malicious threats? Um, and that's something that, that these techniques and AI and machine learning, you know, writ large really excel at of being able to, to learn straight from that data and, and draw insights. Um, but unfortunately, with this broad adoption, you know, we've, we've also kind of, you know, uh, uh, brought on and, and, and need to recognize these kinds of unique um, and, and new kind of vulnerabilities and challenges. Now, the, the example here is, is obviously quite trivial, um, but, it, but it kind of exemplifies the, the novel and kind of new nature of, of some of these vulnerabilities. And you see here, you know, an otherwise performant image classifier that, that has a high level of, of um, performance on, you know, in this case, identifying a banana. 
Um, but using these kinds of techniques, um, you know, that patch, you put it right next to the banana and immediately thinks it's a toaster. Um, and unfortunately, it's, it's not all just kind of these trivial examples, but um, there, there's this broad range of kind of vulnerabilities that exist across really the machine learning and AI supply chain that, that are becoming more and more meaningful, particularly as, as these techniques are applied to uh, problems of much greater significance than, um, you know, classifying a banana. So, for example, the ability to essentially bake in a backdoor by poisoning uh, the training data or, you know, if you have kind of live online learning to be able to actively poison that kind of that kind of capability. You see some examples here, um, kind of growing examples, but they're just a few that, that are, are public and, you know, in the, in the public domain. Model evasion, you know, everything from causing, you know, a, a Tesla to swerve into another lane to, you know, just appending the right kind of sequence of, of strings to, you know, a malware executable to get it to, to, you know, be able to easily bypass, you know, an AI based malware detector. So in the case of uh, model inversion, um, you know, you, you don't really need to be like, you know, have any type of um, like network intrusion or violation of a kind of like a typical security control principle, but using, you know, the API level access alone, you know, be able to extract potentially very sensitive training data. And so, you know, in, in the example on the slide, you know, we, we did this with celebrity faces, but, you know, as this is applied to PII, medical information, uh, other things that are much more sensitive, um, you know, this becomes a very, very serious kind of problem. And then uh, lastly, the ability to wholesale steal, you know, a, a model that you may have spent millions of dollars uh, working on developing kind of priceless intellectual capital that you've poured into this, uh, you know, for example, with, with Google Translate, only to have that, you know, essentially stolen using really just the model outputs to be able to break down, understand the, the kind of mathematical makeup of that model and the associated weights so that you can replicate something much cheaper than it takes to be able to build that thing itself. And so really, you know, this is to, to highlight kind of like looking at these different, this different kind of vulnerabilities and classes of those vulnerabilities. I wanted to call out some of the key differences uh, from what we would traditionally see in cyber. So, you know, unlike, uh, you know, the, the, identification and discovery of a zero day and traditional software, you know, where you'd go in, look for, you know, the quintessential overflow condition that, you know, allowed remote code execution, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the probabilistic kind of nature of these algorithms mean that, you know, discovery is, is through a similar kind of probabilistic method where you work through kind of developing, um, you know, either the, through the scale of, you know, extracting the, 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 sensitive training data or the development of, you know, for example, that patch used an approximation of the original model, but we see that these really easily transfer across model types. Um, and, you know, that means that fundamentally they can't be fixed by, you know, a traditional software patch. This isn't something where you identify it and then you just, you know, you roll it out on update, you know, Tuesday. Uh, but instead, there's a there's an inherent trade-off between performance and how performant that model is, and how robust it is to these adversarial examples. So there's a number of different techniques to try and you know kind of guard against these things, but they often are usually require kind of a downgrade in the performance of that model, and and that's obviously a very difficult trade-off. Is you know if you're using this model for you know important revenue generating functions, you you want it as good as possible. And then, you know, on this kind of line, the, the last thing, and, and this is still, you know, an, an unanswered question, but I wanted to point to some of the researchers out of MIT who've 
done a very good job of looking at this and, and kind of identifying that these, the kinds of things that we're exploiting uh, in, in the cases that, that we just showed you are really features of these kind of class of techniques, you know, particularly deep neural networks, but these are also, you know, there's techniques against a broad range of kind of the traditional machine learning techniques that are really features of, of what we're, we're doing here. And so, you know, this leads to, to this new failure cases, right? And, you know, having to look at a scenario where you could have, you know, quote unquote, perfectly secured the deployment of some, you know, AI enabled service via API, but, but an attacker using these kinds of probabilistic methods can still, you know, have the same effect as if they had infiltrated your network and stolen the source code to that model. Um, and also, you know, some of the challenges is, uh, you know, different OEMs um, use these techniques in, in very different ways, implement them very differently to do things like, you know, biometric authentication to services and devices. And we're beginning to see a lot of these hybrid attacks that kind of, you know, bring together these techniques um, with, you know, traditional kind of cyber goals, privilege escalation, stuff like that. Um, and, and then also, you know, kind of why we've like driven towards the development of, you know, this framework in, in collaboration with a number of others is that they're not really covered by traditional risk assessment and control frameworks. Um, and, you know, it can be very difficult to differentiate, you know, these, you know, meaningful attacks that you need to guard against from, you know, more toy examples, right? I, you know, every single day we're seeing on these different, uh, you know, like archive, you know, somebody for their PhD thesis has published, you know, a, a new attack, but, you know, being able to work through and say, okay, like which ones really matter to me? Um, you know, for example, some of these attacks that you'd see in literature, you know, require access to model weights and things like that, which is completely unreasonable because if an attacker has, you know, gotten that far into your network, I mean, the last thing you're really worried about is, is like a tiny perturbation to, to your, your, your model. But, you know, as we've kind of found in, in, in our work with, um, you know, a, a number of folks and then different red teaming events and, and things like that, there are a large number of these, or there are certain ones that you do need to pay attention to. And, you know, it leads to like, there's real world impact. Unfortunately, this is no longer just a research question. And, and you know, we're, we're beginning to see um, governments and corporations losing, you know, millions of dollars as these things are, are used to attack, uh, you know, their, you know, critical implementations of, of AI and machine learning. And very similar to, you know, the cyber domain, you really see this kind of um, tiered, you know, threat actor, right, from, you know, APT level threats to, you know, script kiddies where, you know, for example, the the, the guy wearing the, the wig trying to, you know, attack the, uh, you know, um, ability to, to fraudulently file for different you know, government assistance, but, you know, all the way, you know, on the left, there's these really sophisticated attacks that let some, uh, you know, Chinese hackers essentially, uh, you know, send out um, fake tax invoices and, and collect almost $80 million fraudulently from various companies. Um, you know, these things are, are, are real and meaningful. And, and, and we're seeing, unfortunately, particularly as, as COVID has driven the, the rollout of a lot of different AI enabled technologies is, as companies and governments try to continue to, to provide, you know, critical services to their customers and, and citizens that they've often leveraged, you know, an AI enabled service to, to provide human level services at scale. And now, you know, attackers seem to be really going after those. And, and we see that that kind of increase. And I think we will continue to see that increase as, as AI and machine learning is applied to, um, you know, problems in areas of, of critical importance. 
And it's this typical, um, you know, the, the progress in the technology and, and, and the associated malicious actors have really outstripped, um, you know, efforts, particularly by, um, you know, you know, to be able to, to govern, regulate, et cetera. But, you know, I think, and, and that's what's really inspired us, um, you know, at MITRE and as part of this broader kind of community that's working on this to, to kind of understand these attacks and, and understand how we can mitigate, uh, you know, against the, the risks of, of deployment so that, that you know, um, society can benefit from a lot of these, these really powerful technologies. Um, you know, we started working on, uh, you know, Atlas is this kind of bottom-up approach, um, had the good fortune to kind of be able to brief that to, to folks from the National Security Commission on artificial intelligence. And, and you know, we're now seeing with NIST, they're rolling out their, their AI risk management framework, this kind of groundswell of an understanding that this is something that, that we need to uh, deal with. And, uh, you know, I think really what we'd like to see is this kind of community come around it to be able to build something that's useful, um, you know, at a technical and a conceptual level. And that innovates quickly enough that it keeps up with the, uh, the, the adversaries as they you know, use different techniques and, and procedures. Um, so with that, I'm going to hand it over to uh, Dr. Christina Leogatti to, to talk to you more about you know, what we're doing to be able to work with industry, with government, with the, you know, bring the public and private sector together around this problem set to start working towards ways that we can you know, mitigate and start you know, identifying and reducing the risks. Awesome. Thanks, Jonathan. So now we'd like to kind of jump into where we're at with MITRE ATLAS. Um, we'll give some background on where we've come from and the exciting updates that we have for the future. The ATLAS collaboration is inspired by MITRE ATT&CK to enable researchers to navigate the landscape of threats to machine learning systems in a, a rather familiar way. We built it out as a part of a broad community collaboration as part of this shared vision of developing a knowledge base of tactics and techniques and case studies for machine learning systems. We see it as really important that we come together in this kind of uh, collaborative format to make sure that it's most useful to the broader community. This broad collaboration is really critical if it's going to uh, be useful to the broader community, as I said, and we've really enjoyed and loved incorporating a lot of the feedback that we've gotten from a number of our existing partners in all of this. Uh, the feedback and case studies and really participation from the community has shaped what Atlas is today. As Jonathan laid out in the timeline, we originally released a raw canvas of Atlas. It was the adversarial machine learning threat matrix out on GitHub as a collaborative project in the fall of 2020. And we've matured it since then into where Atlas is today. But the community originally really engaged with this raw canvas and provided feedback and really incorporated um, a lot of the case studies that they had in their own environments, and it, it has made it a significantly more impactful contribution to the broader community. Atlas today itself looks very familiar to the MITRE uh, attack framework, so it's meant to be a familiar environment for different researchers and security analysts as they're working in the same kind of world as, as the cyber side of the house. And we'll go ahead and jump into now and demo of the full MITRE ATLAS website, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about how we'd like to get you all engaged. Hi, I'm Danny from the MITRE ATLAS team, here to introduce you to the ATLAS framework. ATLAS is a knowledge base of adversary tactics, techniques, and case studies for machine learning systems based on real-world observations, demonstrations from ML red teams and security groups, 
and the state of the possible from academic research. We built Atlas with our colleagues at Microsoft and from the feedback and submissions from many other companies and academic institutions. Atlas enables security researchers to navigate the landscape of threats to machine learning systems. Our goal is to raise awareness about the risks of deploying machine learning models, create a common framework for documenting and organizing adversary behaviors, and build a community of machine learning and security experts. You're looking at the homepage of the Atlas website, which is live at atlas.mitre.org. Atlas is modeled after the MITRE attack framework, and its tactics and techniques are complementary to those in attack. If you know attack, the Atlas machine learning matrix you see here may look familiar. Machine learning models have a novel attack surface that pose a new challenge for security analysts, and thus we have new tactics and techniques particular to ML-based systems. The column headers are tactics which represent the adversary's goal or the why behind their actions at a particular point in an attack. For example, over the course of an operation, the adversary may perform reconnaissance to learn about the victim machine learning model, acquire some level of access to the model, and use this to have some impact on the system. For each tactic, there are several techniques that document how the adversary will achieve their tactical goal. For example, if an adversary wants to gain initial access to a network, they may accomplish this by compromising the ML supply chain. There are sub-techniques that enumerate the potentially vulnerable parts of the supply chain. The Atlas matrix only lists tactics and techniques relevant to machine learning. In practice, machine learning models don't live in isolation. They may be part of some larger enterprise network. Let's jump over to the navigator. We've imported Atlas as a platform in the attack navigator. Here you can see the Atlas techniques in green alongside attack enterprise techniques. When machine learning is used in the enterprise setting, adversaries may use a combination of traditional cyber techniques and Atlas techniques to achieve their goals. The Navigator is a powerful tool for browsing Atlas and attack side-by-side, -side, performing analysis, and building visualizations. For example, we can highlight techniques according to their frequency in case studies to better understand likely threats to our ML. Here, the darker red boxes indicate that the technique was used more frequently. Now back to the main website. The matrix view provides a good overview, but we might want more detailed information about a particular tactic or technique. We can click on any of these tactics or techniques to learn more. For example, if we want to learn more about one of the new tactics, ML model access, we can click and be presented with a description of the tactic. In ML model access, the adversary may attempt to gain some access to a machine learning model. This is a key tactical goal in many attacks. It can help the adversary gain information develop attacks, and as a means to input data to the model. Each tactics page provides a description of the tactic, a listing of techniques an adversary may use for the tactic, and the case studies that the tactic is used in. We'll get more into case studies in a moment, but first, let's take a look at the main techniques page. Again, techniques are how the adversary achieves a goal or what they gain. On the techniques page, we have a searchable list of all techniques. We can browse them by expanding any of the tactics, or we could also use a keyword search. Let's look at the Evade ML model to learn more. Model Evasion describes how adversaries can use adversarial examples to prevent detection by a machine learning model. This technique may be used in the defense evasion or the impact tactics, depending on the adversary's tactical goal. We can also see that the Evade ML model is used in many of the case studies that we've collected. Now, let's move on to the case studies page. 
Each case study documents an attack on a production system. We found it important to ground Atlas in techniques observed in the real world and shown to be effective in practice. We collected 13 case studies that show a broad range of adversary behaviors, varied use of techniques, and several different tactical goals. The case studies are really at the core of Atlas. They helped us design the matrix-based feasible attacks. We added tactics for the new tactical goals we observed and broke up techniques into behaviors aligned with those goals. Each case study walks us through the step-by-step -step procedure the attacker used to carry out an attack. Let's do a deeper dive into one of these. If we select the case study bypassing Silence's AI malware detection, we can see a summary, some additional information, and the procedure that the red team in this case used to carry out the attack. In this case study, researchers at Skylight were able to create a universal bypass string that when appended to a malicious file, evades detection by Silence's AI malware detector. The procedure is a step-by-step -step walkthrough of the attack. In this case, the red team used reconnaissance to learn more about the victim model. They gained access to the AI-enabled software. They developed their capabilities by probing this software. They created adversarial examples manually and ultimately use them to evade detection by the malware detector. This is a great example of how using ML in security software increases the attack surface and opens up the system to new ML-based techniques. Finally, I want to share how you too can contribute to Atlas. Atlas is a community effort. Please send us any feedback or suggestions to atlas at mitre.org. Also, consider submitting a case study for inclusion on the website. Case studies can come from your internal red teaming efforts or observations of adversary behavior you've observed on your network. Thank you to everyone who has already made major contributions to Atlas. We hope that you will find Atlas to be a useful tool to learn about ML techniques and adversary behaviors, build threat intelligence reports, share case studies from your own red teaming exercises, or assess the defense posture of your deployed machine learning, among other things. Thanks for listening. As Christina said, you know, this is something that, that we really, you know, from, from the ground up wanted to make sure was based off of, you know, kind of real world validated examples of this um, and, and that it would be useful to the security community. You know, we understand that not, you know, every organization that's using or even developing, uh, you know, AI and machine learning tools is going to have the luxury of, like we do of having our own AI red team or, you know, working with Microsoft or Google's AI red team. And so, you know, a core piece of, of what we're, we're doing is we want to, you know, similar to attack, be able to link these kind of higher level conceptual frameworks with like real tools that, that you know, security researchers and security practitioners are, you know, used to and familiar with. And so, um, you know, that they can un understand the threats at a technical level um, and understand the effectiveness of their various mitigations against those. And so on the upper left-hand corner, you can see, um, you know, Microsoft Counterfeit. Um, it's been been published by the team that we're working very closely with and in, in to develop the Atlas framework, um, as well as, you know, we're working actively in, in internal to MITRE to um, develop various plugins to Caldera so you can run kind of automated adversary emulation, including some of these AI and machine learning attacks. And then on the right-hand side, you can see how, um, you know, just organically, naturally, uh, Atlas uh, integrates with, you know, the various attack, um, you know, frameworks, whether you're looking at the cloud or containers, et cetera, whatever is meaningful to your organization, you can load that all in together on the attack navigator, understand that the kind of risks and vulnerabilities, test those with real concrete tools um, and begin to mitigate 
any of those risks, right, that, that we've identified with various case studies, et cetera. And we see this as continuously growing. This is not something that's static, um, you know, and, and obviously we, we're super excited about the community engagement that we've gotten and, and the advancement. You can see how much advanced in just two versions. Awesome. Thanks, Jonathan. We're excited to continue moving this forward, and we'd like to invite you all to participate in where it's going in the future. From our perspective, uh, MITRE has continually benefited from the contributions and participation from the different organizations involved in all of this, and uh, we think the broader community is benefiting from it as well. So we hope that you'll actively engage with us and the broader community, and um, we've got some links on the next slide to give you different opportunities to engage with us on Slack channels um, and through our different email and online formats. We've got a lot of different uh, lessons learned and AI security conversations happening in those kind of formats. The broader community contributions to Atlas have really given us insights into what the community is seeing outside of our focus areas and it's helping us focus some of our machine learning research and development work as we're driving in uh, diving in on how to protect critical data sets and developing new machine learning security techniques. As we continue to build relationships and work with all of you, we realize how important it is to have the right mechanisms in place to collaborate. So we're excited to continue growing out our collaboration mechanisms for future AI research and development with all of you as well. All right, thank you all very much for listening to our full talk on AI threats and vulnerabilities. As I said, please email us at atlasatmiter.org and join our Slack channel to participate in a lot of the broader community conversations in this space. We hope to hear from you soon.